everybody welcome back to we are movies as always i'm johnny mockney and it's been a little while since i've done one of these but this is a new minisode uh just in time for the spooky season i've got a couple of spooky movies to talk about um this is partially prompted by the fact that earlier this year in september there was originally supposed to be a new Candyman film um directed by nia DaCosta, produced by jordan peele it was going to be co-written by nia DaCosta and jordan peele um and it was going to be a new movie in the long line of sequels that have the same title as the original movie um thinking kind of like the thing which was a prequel to john carpenter's the thing from 2011 uh there was halloween two years ago which was a direct sequel to uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, <laughs> and then uh, this new Candyman is supposedly supposed to be a direct sequel to the 1992 Candyman film, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today, and then I'm also going to talk about the sequel, uh, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, which came shortly after, um, because I also think that's a pretty interesting movie to talk about. Um, but the original Candyman is a classic, and uh, obviously I was excited for this new movie that unfortunately got delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Personally, I feel like they could just drop it on the internet somewhere. I would 100% rent it. That's one of the few movies I will shell out those $20 for. Um, but, you know, supposedly they, they really are adamant about putting it out in theaters, so um, I... I respect their choice to uh, hold back on it unlike some people <clears throat> christopher nolan um, but yes i am looking forward to that movie and i'm gonna talk a little bit about why i think the new one will be special compared to the old ones but also why i think the old ones are special um the original movie is a classic now it's pretty iconic um i think people know the lore so well it's just kind of ingrained in our pop culture that if you say Candyman into the mirror five times uh he'll show up he'll kill you <laughs> um but also tony todd as Candyman is one of the great movie monsters of all time in terms of how we just a hundred percent relate an actor to a character um I think in the tradition of the old universal monsters, like how we just think of Bela Lugosi as Dracula or Boris Karloff as the uh, Frankenstein's monster. Um, then more contemporarily speaking, I think it's like Robert England as Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street and Tony Todd as Candyman. Uh, he absolutely rules the role. And, and if you watch the original movie, he doesn't have a huge part. It takes a while before he ever shows his face. And um, it's really incredible. It sends chills down my spine the first time he shows up in the original Candyman with his, like, Helen. And and it's, it's like, daytime, but it's just in this parking lot. And, um, and that's also a testament to how incredibly well made the movie is uh it's written and directed by uh bernard rose um who is i guess kind of considered a pioneer of digital filmmaking um but i mean this is easily the movie that he's most known for uh he's done a few other horror films and um this film though is 
legitimately terrifying. Um, it's very scary. It's it's got a whole lot of atmosphere to it. Uh, the score is particularly great. Um, if you watch the trailer for the new Candyman, it's like one of the first things you hear because uh, they, they they know that that score just strikes a feeling in people who have seen the original movie, which also, I mean, it's not a corny movie. That's one thing about the movie that really holds up. A lot of the great horror films from the 80s and 90s, um, to a certain extent, I mean, don't entirely maintain their impact, but there isn't really much about Candyman that hasn't aged well in terms of its execution as a horror film. And obviously this is a mini-sode, I'm not going to get too much into the spoilers, but it's got a great cast. Um, Virginia Madsen is in the lead role, and uh, she's really good. She is, she's very relatable. Um, she is a very grounded presence uh to the movie um and then you have a lot of great actors xander berkeley uh casey lemons who directed and wrote a movie called eve's bayou which i talked about previously this year in a minisode um and she's good in the movie she's unfortunately as i i said she kind of got typecast as best friend characters uh, for a while she kind of plays the same role in this movie as she does in um the silence of the lambs uh xander berkeley's in the movie uh, vanessa williams it's it's a really good cast and um there are just i i could rattle off multiple things in this movie that disturb me um just even the idea of a guy with a hook hand is so terrifying like it's not it's not a clean weapon to use it's not like jason Voorhees with a machete you know or 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 even like leatherface with a chainsaw those are all tools you could it, it seems clean you know you just chop you slice someone's done but like something about a hook sticking up you see scenes in these movies where um Candyman sticks his hook in people and he just like he just tears through them and it feels like painful because that's like <laughs> it's weird to say but it's like something that shouldn't happen to stick a hook in somebody and then tear them open it seems like it's kind of counterproductive in terms of trying to slice a person open it would be much easier <laughs> to use a more efficient tool um but that's just part of what's so iconic and uh creepy about that character it's like the just it's the worst possible death you could ever imagine and um i mean this film also i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about the fact that i mean it it does deal with race and i it, i as i said this movie did age well as a horror film um there are, is some disagreement over how it is aged as a social commentary um uh, obviously it's written and directed by a white man bernard rose i don't think there's any people of color behind the camera in um at least in you know large roles uh, directing writing anything like that um and the movie's a little complicated it, it does use racism in the story uh supposedly Candyman is the spirit of a black man who was lynched and murdered uh 
particularly like uh, you find out more in the sequel about what supposedly happened but uh, he was lynched and murdered um he was a painter and he was he was in love with a white woman and uh so he was killed and um there's a, there's a lot of things that come back uh the, the way he was tortured um that that's why mirrors are important they held a mirror to his face to show him his face after they put honey on him and had him uh, stung to death by bees that's why bees are an important part of the character um and and that works in the context of the story. And so Bernard Rose is using that, but the movie's not about racism. That's that's one thing. Racism is 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 a plot point and it's important to establishing the villain, but it really doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of the story. Um it's more about this this relationship and and kind of the idea because it, 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 it's also sort of ambiguous in this movie whether or not Candyman is a ghost or if he is just a personification of an idea and that if you believe something enough and you fear something enough it will exist and it will you know come for you <laughs> basically um and then the sequel kind of turns away from that and it becomes much more literal with this depiction of Candyman as a ghost. If you get the Scream Factory Blu-ray of this movie, which I highly recommend getting if you're a fan of the film um, and you're a collector too, uh, like me, um, there is a really good feature on there with um, a couple black film scholars talking about the film's representation and its importance uh, to the black community. And a couple of things that are very interesting is like, obviously this, this movie is, you know, it does fall within that trend of the movie about a um, black man pursuing a white woman. And he is the villain of the story that he is, he is predatory in a certain way. Um, at the same time, they talk about how this was also a very important film in the way that Tony Todd's portrayal of Candyman is uh, very respectful. He adds a lot of gravitas to the role. Um, he's a little bit um, sympathetic, and uh, particularly with his backstory, but also in how he portrays the role. Um, he's not animalistic, you know, he's not one of the um, depictions shown of black people in, you know, films like Birth of a Nation. Uh, he, he's instead he's romantic and he uh, is in love with a white woman, which is a very human emotion. And um, and so there are interesting things this movie does that uh, can be viewed as progressive. There are things about the movie that can definitely viewed as not progressive. Um, like I said, it uses racism in the story. It doesn't really do much to comment on racism, at least, at least, I mean, from my perspective, I, I don't want to totally write off the movie. I think you can say that there is more to the movie than meets the eye. And uh, there are a whole lot of people out there with different readings of it. Um, but that brings me to the sequel, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, which is a movie that I think is pretty underrated. Um, I, I still think the original is better. I think it's a better directed horror movie. I think it holds up more as an effective film to just watch and experience. Um, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh is a little cornier 
Uh, it plays out a little bit more like a stereotypical slasher movie in some ways. Like right off the bat, that you get one character from the first movie who's like giving a, a little speech to kind of catch you up on what happened in the first um, before he gets off, and then we jump into the new plot, which uh, has very little to do with the original movie. Um, it now takes place in New Orleans, uh, which is really cool. Uh, it adds this new aesthetic to the movie. Um, and it's it's definitely thematically more resonant, particularly in how this movie approaches Candyman. As I said, he is not the ambiguous idea that he was presented as in the first film. And this one, um, it's pretty clear he's he's a ghost. He is the ghost of this guy who was lynched and murdered. And um, we see flashbacks of it. And I think that's part of what this movie does that's really cool is a lot of this movie is a mystery and it's about um, the main character, the, this new main character who's trying to find out the history of Candyman who um, was originally just, you know, a man named uh, Daniel and um, she's trying to investigate what happened to him. And, that's just uh it's it's a cool story um but also it gets into this idea of whitewashing history and covering up our painful past and the sins of this country um because it's it's about her trying to just uncover the truth and to try to find out what happened to him because now people are answering for their crimes like it, it takes a, a much clearer I think political stance than the first movie did. While while the first film uses um, racism, our history of racism specifically to, I guess, um, give meaning and motivation to the characters. This movie is about that. I really think, and the movie kind of uh, ends up with this sort of message of to, you know, conquer our past. We have to acknowledge our past, and. I think that's really cool. Uh, as I said, you do get a flashback. You see what happens uh, to Daniel as a young man, and it is horrifying. It's um, it's a, kind of a difficult scene to watch to some people. Um, and you get to see Tony Todd play the character very sympathetically. You get to see him before he was a monster, and, and it adds a tragic aspect to the character that I think is much more in line with like the Phantom of the Opera than Frankenstein's monster even, or, or, or definitely like for it's, he's definitely not a Freddy Krueger, you know, somebody like Freddy Krueger is not sympathetic at all. <laughs> like Candyman has a, a tragic villain quality to him. And, um, altogether, uh, Candyman farewell to the flesh is, pretty well done movie as i said certain things don't hold up as well um it's definitely not as scary uh it's a little cornier um it's directed by bill condon who i don't think i've seen any films of it oh wait i, I have seen films of his uh, he did dream girls uh, which is good. I have seen Dreamgirls. Uh, and then he also did a couple of the Twilight films <laughs> and uh, various other things. Uh, Chicago, Kinsey. Okay, so he's he's a pretty accomplished director. He's done, he's kind of all over the map. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, especially if you enjoyed the first one. I recommend it. If you like the first one and maybe you wished they had um, 
fleshed out the themes better, no pun intended, um, I think uh, you'll find a lot to enjoy and appreciate in the second movie. Uh, there's also a Scream Factory Blu-ray of this one, uh, if you can get your hands on it. And um, like I said, I recommend that. Also, I didn't mention both of these movies are based on work by Clive Barker, um, who is the godfather of some of these great horror franchises. Also, Hellraiser, obviously. Uh, the Midnight Meat Train, <laughs> in case you're a fan of that one. Maybe I'll do an episode on that one day. That's a... That's a wild ride, the Midnight Meat Train, uh, also featuring a hilarious early performance from Bradley Cooper. Um, I have not seen the third Candyman film, Candyman Day of the Dead. I've heard that it's really terrible. I'll probably see it someday, especially before the new one comes out, because I am curious about it. Um, but the new one looks like it's going to do some really cool things with the not just the, the lore, but um, the, the themes of the original movie. Um, obviously this is the, f- this one coming out is the first Candyman film that's actually written and directed by black people. Um, which I think is the only appropriate way to do it today. Um, Clyde Barker's original story, as I understand was not a, a racial story. I don't know if Candyman was even supposed to be black in the original story. So, uh, this is something that was created in the films and, um, and you know, a lot of great things that we love in film and literature. Uh, they have things that are great about them. They have things that don't hold up as well. And, I think the Candyman franchise is something with a whole lot of potential for that reason, because there are seeds of great thematic things. Uh, there are there are great films, the first two, uh, definitely, um, and then there are things to grow upon in in what you're trying to say and how you want to reflect our society at the time. Um, and this uh, new movie uh, looks like it's going to deal a lot with um, gentrification. Uh, it's it's dealing with the the neighborhood that the original movie takes place in. Um, also, the main character Yaya Abdul Mateen's character is um, uh, the baby from the original movie, and uh, he's also an artist. So it's cool that that uh, I think they'll they'll get into this sort of dichotomy between him and Candyman. And I'm also really excited to see Tony Todd on the big screen again. I think that could be incredible. Um, so definitely if you haven't seen Candyman or Candyman for a while to the flesh, I highly recommend them. Um, you can find the first movie on Netflix and I believe shutter right now. Um, and Candyman Farewell to the Flesh is a little harder to find. I mean, you can pretty much rent it anywhere if you're looking for it on a streaming service. Uh, when I saw it, I originally had to get a free trial, uh, for Brown Sugar, which is a streaming service for, um, exploitation films and, um, other movies with, uh, predominantly black casts. Um, uh, which is interesting. I had actually never heard of the streaming service until I was looking for that movie. So, um, definitely see the both of them. I highly recommend them. They're both great for the spooky season. Uh, they have, um, especially the first one has like a, a very like kind of cold, chilly, uh, br- brisk atmosphere. Um, the second one, not as much. It takes place in New Orleans. Um, but, uh, they're both very good. Double feature them if you want to, or, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not the boss of your life, but 
That is all for today. Um, I'm going to be back with you soon with another full-length episode. We've still got a couple more episodes left of the Halloween season. And then we'll be back to doing boring old regular movies that aren't related to Halloween. Um, They might be, actually. I am a big horror fan, so you'll definitely see more horror uh, as time goes by. Uh, And then also Christmas. Um, Let's see if I can get get a Die Hard episode out, finally. It's, I don't know how it didn't happen last Christmas. We'll see what happens. But anyway, I'll be back with you soon. I am Johnny Mockney. We are movies. Um, all right, bye-bye.